Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I don't know why, but it seems like on Wednesday night is when I have these thoughts. Maybe it's just, maybe because I'm always tired on Wednesday night, but you just seem like life just goes on and you're just going through the motions sometimes you just um, I've said it and I fully believe it we live our life in 24 hour cycles we get up we work we do what we need to do some things life demands of us we didn't ask for but it's there it's been put in our mailbox we have to deal with it we do and then we go on but when it comes to the Lord and his goodness and everything that this word tells us that he'll do and what he has done that we can read of. Because I was just I was just thinking along them lines and of how many people the Bible calls that says Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and the people that when the Bible says that God shut the door and put him in there seven days before the flood came, how many people beat on the door or beat on the side? I don't think they beat on the door, but beat on the side of the boat. Let us in, Noah, we change our mind. And it's not the first time they had heard a warning. And the routine that we can get in is just life goes on. And it's not that they hadn't heard a flood is coming. But I had never seen a flood. So you're telling me something about that I've never seen. And ministers, anointed of God has told us God is coming to get his people. We can sit there and just go through the motions and act like we don't understand it or we can't believe it. But one of these days, it is going to happen. And God don't need me to believe it or no one else, in fact. And just like and you could take it to the extreme of I've said in, in Egypt, you could take there's mothers that had just birthed children and said it looked at their babies and said, When they bury me in the ground, don't you give up on this faith. God is going to send someone to come get us out of Egypt. Don't die thinking God has left us here. He's going to send someone to come get us. And he is. And it's just, we just, or I do, I'll leave you out of it. We just, you just get in life and you think and just, um, sometimes we make the statement the world's crazy. The world's not crazy. The world's always been crazy. It's just now there's more ways to view it. But um, it, it is just, of everything that we see, it is just so prevalent. Seeing it's just so much out there. 
and and really, I I I'm truly believe it. Sin's always been out there. Sin, you know, you just hadn't been able to see it like it is now. But the thing I want to I, I you I would think know me by now. I love God's word above anything, and I have I read it, study it, and. A lot of the things I have spoke on, of the situations that I found myself in, I have went to the Bible and searched for answers. And a lot of them times I have spoke, I have not spoken and just say, look, this has resulted from a situation in my life. But a lot of the, or some of the times, not a lot, but some of the times it had. And, but I just... I just believe with the Lord. It just, it just does not have to be life day after day after day. Not as what we read in the Bible. God is so good to his people so vast. I believe it's, lit, it's literally how much do I limit God in my spiritual mind. You know, we can see, we've seen what man and the advancements man has made in the last few short years, and it's just astounding, and, and that is nothing. That is nothing compared to what the Lord is. And I'll just, I'll tell you this, and I'll, I'll, I'll move on, but I remember one time that a situation happened. I thought it was over. I was awakened in the night, and I just, I just got up. I just took my Bible, went in the living room, and I just said, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't live like this. I can't do this. And that was well over 20 years ago. And when the enemy thinks that he's boxed one of us into a corner, take the written word, Go to the spoken word, <laughs> the living word, and just say, God, I need help. Now, in my flesh, I was, I was <laughs> omitting it. God, I can't do this. In my mental uh, capability, I was serious as I can be. I can't do this. I need this fixed, and I need this fixed tonight. And, and I will tell you, to this point right here, that has not bothered me again, and I'm truly, truly thankful for it. So what I want to do is just um, a combination of thoughts, maybe. Um, but anyway, it's just for a label. I just, I really, I was just going to say I don't have a label but um, or a title. But I want to title this The Price of Admission is what I'll just for a title, just for title's sake. But I'm going to start in Matthew uh, 16. Um, let's start in Matthew 16 and let's go to 13. And Jesus takes his disciples. He goes to Caesarea Philippi. We know this. And I believe this with all of my heart. This was done for a purpose because there's idols everywhere, statues of idols. And I can just see Jesus going and standing beside a statue asking this question, who do men say that the son of man am? 
And they said some that they are John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said unto them, Whom say ye that I am? And that's when Simon Peter, we know, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now it's interesting to know one thing, that when the Lord asked them, who do you say? But when he comes to the point when he says, but whom say ye that I am? That literally means, you know, I've said it not even realizing it. But who do you? He's talking directly to his disciples. When he says ye, that means you. You disciples. It matters to me who you think I am. And so, but up to this point, Jesus had been referred to as the Christ, uh, singular, or the son of David, but no one up to this point had directly addressed him as the Messiah. So when, when he says, thou art the, the Christ, the son of the living God, now you're saying, Peter was actually saying, you are the God that we've read about in the Old Testament who robed yourself in flesh and came to this earth. So we're seeing this. But he tells him, now... Our enemies that we face, the Bible tells us, are going to be really death, hell, and the grave. And he says that the, there's, that's not going to be the final thing. They can't prevail against us because there's, God's going to come get us. It don't matter if we've died. It don't matter if we're still living. God is going to come get his people. And it doesn't matter if we're alive or where we are at, God is coming to get us. But the thing of it is, this rock that the Bible, it talks about so much in the Old Testament, but it's really the rock that this church is built on is the identity of who God actually is. And when you read in verse 21, if you just drop down to verse 21, 21 the Bible says, from that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, if you're in a, just having this teaching time with the Lord and all of a sudden you're complimented because, you know what? There's only one way you could have had this revelation come to you and it was through the Spirit. You go from that to this. You know, they're fixing to take me and kill me. Now, <laughs> that's a mighty drastic change. But the Bible says, from that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples. Once they realized who Jesus actually was, began to show unto his disciples, he began teaching them from that time forth. And then they realized who he was so God could take. And I, I've really, I, I truly, I believe it. I wasn't raised in this, 
But I'm telling you, I believe this was all of my heart. Once we actually realize who God actually is, that's like a starting point. That's when God can start truly, truly, I believe, working with us with the knowledge of who he actually is. But it, it, it's not, and I'm not trying to be rude, and I think you would know that. It's not like that God looked at someone else and said, you go in, in my place. To understand the God of heaven took on flesh himself and loved humanity to the point that came and to be a sacrifice for us is really and truly remarkable. But to go from this high all of a sudden, when Jesus telling you, you know, I got, it's, I, I got to do this. I, I got to suffer many things of the elders, chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. I'm telling you, they was probably speechless. It's like you have got to be kidding. You can, we know you came from heaven. You have all authority and power. Now you're telling us that you're going to let them, the religious people of the day, take and kill you. And it's the way things are supposed to be. And that is, but Jesus had to get them to a point to start teaching them. And then that's when we read right after this is when Peter just flips out and just says, no, I don't think so. We're not going, you might go that route, but the bodyguards is not going that route. So imagine how hard it would be to take. I don't know. To me, that would be very hard to take. Now, I want to flip over. Let's flip over to um, the book of Luke in Luke 24. And let's jump down to 44. Now, this is after, um, this is after the resurrection. And 44, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which was written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and saith unto them, It is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Now, he takes and he just, he tells them, you know, I don't believe it was business as usual after the, with his disciples I'm speaking of, after the Lord rose from the dead. He's only there for 40 days. So it's not like we're going to go out and we're going to talk to people. God had just a short amount of time to be with his disciples. And God is telling them here that all this must have been fulfilled that was written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and in the Psalms. He literally said, everything I told you concerning me, not someone else, concerning me, that was all in the Old Testament. 
That's why it's so easy for me to believe in one God because that's all the Old Testament speaks of is one God. And Jesus is telling them everything that was written was concerning me. So I put on flesh. I came. And so that's when he says, but then look at 45 and he says, and he opened their understanding. Now, remember back in Matthew when he began to show them after they realized who he was when Peter said? That was teaching. 45, after, after the resurrection, then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. That, when you look that open up their understanding, that is revelation. That is not them trying to, to him teach them. He is just opening up their knowledge, their, their mind, their spiritual mind, and they are understanding what's happening. This is a revelation of the scriptures. And I just, this is off topic, but if they want to edit it, they can edit it. But I just want to, I just want to put this out there. Um, I have for a while um, studied, and this is just the book of Revelation. And, and I'll just call it a rookie mistake. But I guess I was, I don't know, I, I can't speak for no one else but me. But when you start studying the book of Revelation, it's overwhelming. It's still overwhelming in a sense. But I went into it like, I want to understand everything. I want to I know all the bowls, the vials, uh, uh, the vials, everything. I want to I get everything. And then you'll just almost frustrate yourself trying to figure it out. And I, I, I've studied it and thought, and this, in the time, in the years that I have read this, this is what I've come to, is that it's in the very first verse of where the jewel is. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is what it's took me a while to realize. Just where Jesus says, and he opened their understanding, too long I have made it all about me. I had to figure this out. What well, I've missed it. It's not about me figuring this out. It's me getting to the right place spiritually and letting God open my understanding. And it's just like I just, it, it's took me a while to get to there. But I, re, I really believe, and, and you could apply that to any scripture. But I'm saying if something is frustrating you, ask God to help you, to help you with this. And I believe he will. But anyway, like I said, that's just, sorry about that, but that's just, I got it off my chest. But um, so he opened their understanding and then he tells them it was written. It behooved Christ to suffer. I had to do this, rise from the third day. And then we know about preaching in his name for it to begin at Jerusalem. And then he tells them, and behold, I send the promise of my, of my father. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, in a world like ours, he tells them, tarry, wait ye in the city of Jerusalem. Now, if anybody can talk about not wanting to wait, 
it's the man holding the mic. Because I remember um, uh, and on that uh, philosopher, Carol Ward, I remember him. He was talking to me, and he said, and he used some figure similar to this. He said, if you're riding with me in 10 o'clock, I say, I'm going to pick you up at 10. There's no use to come after 10. <laughs> and I said, I like this guy. <laughs> but he told him to wait. Terry, ye. And I've actually, and this is, uh, um, I'm not kidding about this. I've actually read where Pentecostals are downed where it says, but Terry in the city of Jerusalem, they said, this is why Pentecostals like to have long services. I'm serious about that. But um, it says, until you be endued with power from on high. Now, don't go, and I believe there's a spiritual point in this. Don't go nowhere else. Go, God's telling them, go back. This is the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Go back to Jerusalem. Go back there now and then he said until you be endued with power from on high now unless you know what that means to be endued with power from on high you will be surprised because it's probably not what you think <laughs> he says stay there until you be endued with power from on high and endued means literally to sink into a garment. If you don't believe me, look it up. In the Greek, that, that's what it means, to sink into a garment. So it's just like when God baptized them with the Holy Ghost, it was just like a garment coming over them. It was just like his spirit literally, as we would say, covering them. So they was clothed, they was covered with the power. And that's why it was important. Go there, stay there until you are clothed with this. And so he tells them, and one thing which we have, we have seen this, he tells them, and he led them out as far as Bethany and, lift up, and lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it's interesting to know Bethany the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But it's about two miles east of Jerusalem on the southeastern slope of the Mount of Olives. And if you are a Bible person, you know that is where the Lord's coming back. It's the Mount of Olives. He led them out there. He, he left from there, and that's where he's coming back. Even many, many prophets in the Old Testament Prophesied, but Zechariah, you can read in Zechariah 13 and 14, where he spoke of this, the day of the Lord. And, and I want to flip back, speaking of the garment, to Matthew 22. And we know this about the, the person that was at the feast in 22, I'll just read 22:11. We know the king made a feast, and this parable. What it was, if a king, this is for a king, he's having a wedding feast for his son, and all the guests, they are provided a wedding garment. 
So they have a garment. So, and when the king came in to see the guest, there was a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. Um, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then this saying here, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, so he takes and he says, I don't know how you got in. The garment was provided for everyone. And you made it in. And then some, I, I don't know if they think they're going to have an excuse or I don't know, this is a parable. But I'm saying where the Bible says in 12, at the end of the phrase, and he was speechless, when you read of that, it's where you take a muzzle and clamp down. In other words, we're going to have no defense. If we don't have the proper garment that God has provided for us, we will have no defense. So he's telling them this, and the Bible says in the last thing, which is almost sad, many are called, but few are chosen. Now, I truly believe God calls everyone. He said he's willing that none should perish, but it all would come. And is chosen is like God picking things out? No, I think they're called, and those, the ones that are called, they respond they make the chosen. It's not that everyone's called and God says, I'll have you, you, and you, you. God's no respecter of persons. So when God calls and the ones that will yield unto that calling, they make up the chosen. And the Bible says, but few are chosen. And it's not like, you know, that, that but... um. Turn with me now. Let's go to the book of Acts. Um, Acts, the first chapter, and let's read. Let's read there. Acts 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, I've always had a saying, and this is like what I tell you when something goes wrong with me, I go to Bible. I am not joking about that. And this is what I do when, when something like, you think kids can come up with some strange questions? Talking to society can come up with some strange questions. Well, the Bible doesn't say it's not a sin to rob a bank. But you're not supposed to steal. 
but I can't associate stealing with not rob. Yeah, but it don't say don't rob a bank. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, you you get you get everything. And when I'm like done all I know to do, I I, I just go to the Bible. I just say, look, if I don't have an answer. I know the Bible does. And that's what I got to go with. And the, the Bible, he's telling them that he said, and what I want you to notice, now here's Jesus of everything that we believe is God. He came. He met with his disciples for only, I guess, three and a half years, poured himself into them. He's died. He's rose. And he's at the last few moments and until the day in which he was taken up. Now, I believe that's why I said it's not life as usual before he died. After he died, the clock was ticking. I got to pour everything I can into them. Because if you know God, you know he works on a time clock. Not ours, but his. And he knew the Mount of Olives was coming up. So the Bible literally says, until the day which he was taken up, and then he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles until he had chosen. He didn't leave them without a guideline. In other words, he just said, you know, I believe you should do this, this, and this. Or what? And, you know, somebody says, you know, well, you still read the Bible? Man. Way in the dark ages. You know, have you ever heard of the internet? You know, I find everything I need on the internet. Okay. But God said, the Bible says he had given them commandments unto his possibles. In other words, he left them a guideline. He gave them tools to work with. Just guidelines to help them to know what to do. Now, there's some things in, in verse 3 that it says he was seen of them 40 days pertaining unto the kingdom of God and he was after his passion by many infallible proofs. It's just something that was just um, it was plainly known. That is only in the Bible one time. One time. The infallible proofs and there's two more. There's It's just where, and the Bible says we're in verse 4 being assembled together. That phrase in the Greek is only there one time. And you know good and well the church met more than one time. But it was so important God was telling them, look, this is important. You must go back to Jerusalem. You must do this in the order in which it was commanded to do. Getting the Holy Ghost is not hard. It's like having a garment literally fall upon you. We make it hard. God said it's literally like sinking into a garment and stay there until you are endued with power from on high. So he takes and he's, he's telling them to do, to do this. Don't depart. Don't depart. And he literally hears God himself until the day that he left. Then I'm returning in spirit 
and the Spirit will be the Holy Ghost. And so he is literally going from the physical to the spiritual. Now, I want to flip back with me, if you will, to um, John 14. And let's read in John 14. It says, let, your, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. For it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, in the way you know. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, I believe there's a lot of times that I have become Thomas. I just said, I, don't, I just don't know what to do. I, I just, I don't know which way to go, so to speak. And so I believe there's a lot of Thomases out there that could agree with Thomas, what do I do? I know in the whole in the whole sense what to do, but in the sense right at that perfect moment, you know what I'm saying, man, what do I do? What do I do? And what is unique about this is he said, how can we know the way? How can we know the way? Now, one thing we do know in the book of John that I found this unique, that's why, that's why I'm... I'm wanting to share it with you. There, they are seven I am statements of the Lord. And ironically enough, where the Lord said, when Thomas said, how can I know the way? And the Lord said, I am the way. That I am statement is number six, the number of man. Here's Thomas saying, I don't know which way to go as far as a man I'm lost. God said, yes, but I am the way. He's telling Thomas, I am the way. So wherever we may find ourselves and whatever we may be doing, whatever situation we may be in, just like Thomas, we may be telling the Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this situation right now. But just as God told Thomas, we can believe also that he is the way and I'll go to one more scripture. Uh, let's flip over to 18, and it's just one verse. And I believe this is a question that we all must ask. And Pilate's the one that asked him. In 38, he said unto him, what is truth? And I believe that has to be asked and answered by every one of us especially in the day in which we live because there's, you know, I got nothing. I got really, well, maybe I do have a little bit against different versions of the Bible, just growing up with the King James Version. But, you know, I don't know how many versions they are. Really, I don't. That's is no concern of mine. But when you have so much information, you know, what... I guess I'm too nervous about, I, I just don't punch on something and read because I don't know who I'm reading after. And 
you know, when it comes to truth, I know this is truth. So I don't have to worry about should I be concerned when I read this or apostolic men or, or somebody that has a good, a good godly um, testimony, can I say? You know, so just as Pilate looking at truth, asked God, what is truth? He's looking at truth. And you could be holding the Bible and somebody say, what is truth? Really? Because of this, the day and the society in which we live, the regard, the love, the respect for God's word has just went away. So that's why I believe that is we as Christians, we honor and guard this as truth. This is truth. And, but the price of admission will be the garment. It will be because I believe that the where it that parable that I read from, I believe that speaking of the marriage supper of the Lamb, when he says, and he says, How did you get here without a garment? You're gone. Okay, I'm gonna read one more verse and I'll just read. And it just the Lamb shall make. And, and these shall make uh, these shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is the Lord of lords, king of kings. Now listen. And these are they with him are called and chosen and faithful. These are the ones that God called. They responded. They chose it. And they was faithful. And God said, them is the ones. These are the ones that paid the price. They paid the price of admission. So I am thankful for that. So God is just, I don't know, there's so many people and it's just like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Well, I know what to do. You know, and I'm in, and I've said, you know, with so many churches, you know, I don't, I don't blast nobody for going to another church. You know, the, I, the way I look at it, you know, they look at that church is right. And I'm not going to, you know, if they will speak to me, then I will speak, you know, as kind as I can, you know, about it. But I believe that there will, I believe that, that when the Lord comes, we're going to need to be clothed, clothed, and I appreciate it. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would. Stand, let's pray one more time. Father, we love you, holy God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. 
Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.